This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Welcome to episode 19 of our little podcast. How are you going, mate? Uh, my name is Adam, uh, the host, the creator, the producer, the <laughs> graphic designer, the uh, jingle writer, the uh, absolute everything. Um, folks, uh, this is uh, a little podcast that we run. It is uh, just me and uh, my wife that uh, help run this together. And uh, we appreciate all, any and all support that you can give us. Uh, the way you can support the podcast, obviously, we're not going to ask for money, but the way you can support the podcast is by reviewing it or sharing it. Um, you can either jump on jump on your preferred podcast provider, um, and if you are able to leave a review, as you can on Apple Podcasts, and I believe maybe on Google Podcasts, definitely on things like CastBox, please leave a review. That would be fantastic. Uh, and of course, if you're uh, on Facebook and you like what you see, please let us know or like what here I should say, please let us know, and of course uh, let us uh, share us, share us with your friends and share us with the people that you think might benefit from hearing the messages that you have in the podcast. So all that having been said, uh, this week is uh, Simon and Blake, and uh, this is actually a really incredibly powerful podcast, and it is for a few reasons. Um, Simon, Simon, I guess, is the, the subject of the podcast, He's uh, who we do a lot of talking to, and the really interesting thing about Simon, um, Simon is um, very much at the beginning of his uh, recovery journey. Um, he's very open and very honest. This is um, fairly raw, this podcast, but he's um, very open and very honest about his mental health and, and his mental health condition. He's very open and honest about uh, his history of bullying and, and perhaps some of the things that contributed um, to his mental health condition. The thing I really admire about Simon is um, how open he is about this, but also how insightful he is in terms of how he knew he needed to get help and how he asked for help. And uh, he talked, I think he might have said this off air, but he talked to uh, to a relative at the time who kind of really didn't understand what he was going through. Um, And so, but continued to seek support for his mental health condition. Uh, To me, it sounds like his parents are. uh, pretty pretty switched on to what he's what's going on for him, so they uh, obviously support him through this process. And when I spoke to so, so to give a little bit of history, um, the second person on the podcast is Blake, and Blake and, and Simon are mates. And Blake had sent me some a message about you know a, talking to Simon about his mental health and some stuff that he was going through, and basically sort of said, I, I don't know if I've said the right thing, and I don't profess to be an expert at what to say or not to say to people with a mental health issue, but. We, I sort of said, look, to me it sounds like you said the right thing. As long as you can sort of listen, stay out of judgment, offer support where necessary, you know, you're not there to solve the problems. Um, and, and just to be able to, to talk him through um, what's going on for him. And at this point, um, Simon actually was, was talking about suicide. So it was pretty intense for Blake. But um, really quite quickly, quite quickly, and before I knew it, we went from sort of saying, you know, this is my mate Simon to us agreeing to do some recording. So the the version of Simon that you're hearing now is a Simon who is very early in his recovery journey, but is talking to his mates, is getting support from his mates, is understanding what he needs to do to become well again. Um, and, and I find that really inspiring, and I, I think that that's a really positive message. So even though we're, we're listening to... Man, and and this is 
recorded probably about a month ago, I suppose now, maybe six weeks ago. And so I got in touch with Simon today just to let him know we are going to go live with this tonight. He's really excited about it. Spoke to him, you know, how are you going? He said I'm feeling better. So doing the counselling, going to see him again on Tuesday. So he's taking those steps. He's doing the work that he needs to do to be well, which is really fantastic to hear. So I'm I'm really happy to play this podcast because, as I said, what you're listening to is a young man who is really in the middle of doing the work that he needs to do to be well, and it's really, really quite powerful. So I'm I'm very excited about this one. I hope you guys get as much out of it as as I did, um, sitting and listening to the story, um, because it is really a fantastic thing to sit and listen to, and and as I always say, it's an honour when people sit there and tell us their stories and are prepared to share these things with us and and you know slowly but surely this how you going mate initiative is evolving into a space where not only are we asking people how they are not only are we asking you know making sure we're checking in on our 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 mates our friends our family our loved ones but we are creating spaces where people feel comfortable enough to talk about these things that are happening and talk about their mental health and that's for me one of the ways we're going to manage this you know, this issue that we have by talking about it and bringing this thing out into the light and making sure that people understand that it's it's part of life and it's as, it's as common and, and as, for lack of a better term, normal as a physical health issue. So we want people to kind of understand that. But anyway, this is Simon. Uh, folks, jump onto the Facebook page. We'll get our 42-Day Wellness Challenge uh, kickstart. I've changed the name of it. 42-Day Wellness Kickstart starting again on uh, Monday the 2nd of March. Uh, if you haven't seen what that is or you're listening after that date, um, go back and have a look at Google, uh, get on the Facebook, I should say, have a look for 42-Day Wellness Challenge. It's uh, a, it's, a, it's supposed to be a complimentary thing to your mental health to help support good mental health. It's the things that we do that we know we need to do to look after our mental health as well as medication and counselling. Jump onto the Facebook page. How are you going, mate? Uh, of course, we're on Instagram as well. We'd love to get some more followers on there. Tell us what you like. If you like what you see, share it with your friends. And most importantly, make sure uh, some stage in the next few days, if you're worried about someone or someone that you love uh, who you think might be experiencing poor mental health or has a mental health issue, ask them how you're going, mate. Uh, and most importantly, enjoy this chat with um, Simon and Blake. And without further ado, let's go and ask these guys the question. Blake and Simon, how you going, mate? Mates! How you going, mates? I've got mates tonight. Going very well, yourself? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Going pretty good. How are you? We are, we're doing something different tonight. We have first ever three-way recording, a menage a recording, if you will. Make us feel special. Well, it is. It's, it's different. It's something new. Um, I've not ever actually used the double adapter that we have here. Well, that's probably a poor choice of words, isn't it? Double adapter with three boys sitting here talking about this. But anyway, oh, how how are we, boys? Yeah, I'm not too bad. They don't. They don't. Neither of them have earphones in, so they can't hear themselves. So there's none of that weird. We always have everyone at the beginning of the podcast is always weird because they hear their own voice and they go, "What's that?" I've heard, I've heard my own voicemail message before. I don't want to listen to my own voice, to be honest. <laughs> Um, cool. So, we for people listening and and people do listen. It's interesting. Um, we just clocked our latest episode. Just clocked four hundred listens, which is pretty cool. Um, we started the very first one. I was happy when it got to like fifty listens, and uh, yeah. So we, we're getting a few people. I always ask the same question at the start. We ask how you going, mate. Um, but I always ask the same question at the start. When I say the term, when I say the phrase mental health. What do you think of when you think of mental health? So when when I think of mental health, I think of that loneliness, darkness, that place where you just can't really escape from till you actually got to pick up the phone or speak to someone and go, I'm in trouble here. I actually need help. Yep. I need to speak to somebody about what's going on yeah. in my head, those voices in my brain telling me I'm not good enough, I'm not worth it. I'm not worth being here. Um, you know, it's those things where I go, okay, I think I need to do something about this. Right, yeah. We, we were talking off air, and um, part of what we do is we have a little chat off air because Blake I've sort of known for a long time, but we could probably honestly say I don't know. Well, Simon, I've just met you pretty much for the first time. 
It's always interesting. Hey, come here. Tell me a complete stranger your entire life history and tell me the really dark, bad bits as well. <laughs> um, but um, that's the point of this podcast. But we're talking off air about part of your story is like bullying. Yeah. yeah. What? Don't re-traumatise yourself, but talk us through some of that. What, what was that? So, yeah, that was... So I actually had to change schools from being bullied at the first school that I went to. Yeah. Which, you know, was pretty bad and actually went to school with Blake. Okay. Which he sort of knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, being... So Blake went to the second school. No, the school. Oh, I went to the first school, okay. So being 14 at the time and didn't really know what to do or what to say, yeah. I sort of just went with the punches a bit, really. Yeah. And just copped it on a daily basis. Yeah. And then changed schools, thinking, okay, new start, you know, can't be that bad. New kids. Yeah. New kids. So what happens? Word had gotten around from my previous school yeah that this is what we do to the kid um little did i know I had a couple of friends there which was sort of okay if we were playing cricket with and playing yeah. football with when i was a kid and yeah it pretty much just went through i pretty much went through the same thing all over again yeah so i thought okay well i've just changed schools i don't really want to be putting my parents through too much hell yeah so i think i probably knew i had an issue when i was about 16 yeah but i didn't really talk about it yeah i would just go home thinking that everything was okay yeah, yeah. Or, or pretend everything's or pretend okay that, or pretending that everything was okay when yeah. deep down i was actually fighting constant demons and yeah. being going to school every day waking up every morning and yeah, having and to having, go in and having to go into school and thinking and always having had to have eyes at the back of my head yeah thinking okay am i gonna get beaten up today yeah am i gonna get apples or oranges or yeah Stuff thrown at me for no reason, and and this is pre-social media, right? Yeah. So you at least had some level of respite in the fact that you could come home, lock yourself in your bedroom, and no one can get to you there. I mean, you've still got the the stuff inside your head. Yeah, you know, today, man, it's twenty. They can get to you twenty four seven. If you're on social media, it's constant barrage. Yeah. I mean, perhaps there was text messages yeah. and things. I'm assuming, but yeah. you know, nothing. No Facebook. No Twitter. No I probably had, fa- I probably did have Facebook, but didn't really use it that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just had it for shits and giggles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, now, now that you know, probably now going through what I actually had to go through and actually had to speak up about, you know, what I was actually going through, and the fact that when I turned eighteen, I was going out partying with my mates, having a good time. Yeah. You know, going out Friday nights. Waking up hungover on a Saturday, yep. going to play cricket, not feeling the best. Yep. And then... Played some of my best games. We were talk, yeah. talking about playing rugby before. Played some of my best games of rugby hungover. Yeah. And then finishing cricket and then going out a couple of hours later and doing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. And then waking up Sunday going, why do I keep doing this to myself every weekend? Yeah. And at that point, I was still 18, didn't really know what to do. I yeah. was sort of just, you know, spending my money... Yeah, care. It was just trying to, trying, ever, to, trying to enjoy it. Do you ever sit back and look and go, man, the amount of money that I spent, <laughs> like really, I could have bought a house. <laughs> uh, they should be naming bars after me, like, honestly. They should be naming something after me. Well, when we were younger, on reflection now, after talking about this, I'm sitting here going, oh no, what were we doing? So after Simon had a shoulder reconstruction, I used to not work on Tuesdays. We had a thing called Tank Tuesdays. We used to just oh, sit there and get drunk on a Tuesday because we lived four doors down from one another. But yeah. uh, in hindsight, it's probably uh, <laughs> yeah. probably not a good thing. You're probably <laughs> enabling him, yeah. <laughs> probably wasn't a good Sorry, thing. Sorry, mate. But I guess, I, guess at, I guess at 18, you don't... See, I, I, I sort of have this theory, right? And it sounds... There's a little bit, a little bit of judgmental stuff happening here, but I have this theory that I reckon, I, will, I reckon majority of people that are drinking are medicating their mental health, yeah. right? And and when I say that, what I mean is this. I mean, and you've done it. We, yeah. I've done it. We've all done yeah, it. We've all done it, yeah. But how often do you hear, you know, Cheryl from accounts that goes, I can't wait to get home and have a wine tonight, you know? And it's like, why, Cheryl? Like, what? Because wine is a depressant. Wine shuts down your central... Alcohol cent- shuts down your central nervous system. Yeah. You're trying to shut down, you know, effectively what you're doing in those weekends is shutting down your central nervous system, shutting down that anxiety response, but not really understanding why or what you're doing or figuring it out like not at eight, as you say at 18 you just don't know yeah and your mates aren't sitting there going geez i wonder if he's self-medicating a mental health issue no he's just getting pissed and doing crazy stuff you, you know what i mean yeah yeah 
And and for you, like, so this stuff's going on at school, Blake. You have no idea that's coming. That's that's a that's oh, a thing. I mean, like, I, I mean, knew, you know, he's getting bullied. I knew of it. Um, I mean, Simon and I've been good mates for what over twenty years. Yeah, so 20 I mean, years. we we're always having the conversations, but we were in different friend groups as well because he was what two, three years two, younger two, than me. Two, so yeah. there was um, there was times where I knew it was happening, but a lot of the time where we'd get to catch up and spend a lot of time was at cricket. We both played school cricket together, and yeah. and juniors and things like that so and the fact that we lived a couple doors down from one another so we didn't really because because i wasn't directly i wasn't there when i was when it was happening i was generally none the wiser unless he spoke to me about it and then we just sort of have a bit of a chat but that'd be about it just i didn't know how to handle that sort of thing back then yeah yeah Yeah, well yeah back back then being that young you wouldn't really know how to handle it yeah and you know it got to the point where i was i would have been yeah, it would have been 19 or 20. I was getting to the point where I didn't want to get up. Yeah. Didn't want to go to work. That feeling of despair and yeah. feeling lonely and feeling worthless. And that's when I actually had to say to a family member going, I need help. Yeah. I think I've got depression. Yeah. I think I need help. And we, we were saying off here, you know, the family member, you know, we ain't go into too much detail about who it was but they're of that generation where they don't really understand what that comment means like they're not you know maybe they're thinking oh it's all in your head maybe they're thinking oh, it can't be that bad you know oh everyone gets picked on a little bit mate come on just toughen up yeah well like, and you know especially being in the game that i was working in it was sort yeah. of that you know hard ass type of thing yeah you're a tradie so that you got to be a bit tough i think he knew i think he actually knew what was going on yeah I think he just wanted me to actually say something. So this, so at this point, you're out of high school, yeah. so you're away, in theory, away from that group of people. Um, but what we're now looking at is that lingering trauma, yeah, that lingering, lingering in- trauma, and what's sort of gone on, and how I've haven't been able to really deal with it. Yeah, yeah, you don't, and, and mate, that's uh, look. I always talk about it in terms of injury, yeah. right? Like, you you bust your shoulder and you don't fix it straight away. You don't rehab it and don't support it straight away. Then it's basically screwed for life. No amount of surgery is going to fix it. Um, you you leave this thing long enough. You leave that mental health issue long enough. And, you know, you end up as a 40-year-old bloke trying to figure out, you know, where did it all go wrong? Yep. Um, if you get the opportunity to process it at the time, you kind of... And, and you know, the fact that you were talking before about you didn't tell your parents, and they're not saying that your parents were bad or did anything wrong, yeah. but as a kid you made that decision where you've gone, I don't want to bother these guys with this, I don't want to worry them, I've already given them enough grief, we're yeah. just going to leave it, I'll just, you know, yeah. grip, grip my teeth, get on with it kind yeah. of thing. And then, like, you know, the years went on, I'd jump on medication to try and help yeah. those thoughts and those demons, and, you know, I, I came good. Yeah, you know, I started to become myself again. Started to you know hanging out with my mates. Yeah, I started talking a lot more, and you know my family could tell the difference after probably about probably three, three maybe two and a half, three months. Yeah, they started to tell and notice a difference, and you know they're actually saying to my parents, you know, we're really really noticing a difference in him. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's good. Yeah, and yeah, I started to become you know really happy and started to enjoy. Yeah. What I was doing, I was happy playing sport. I was, you know, happy going to work. I was actually enjoying life. Yeah. Till about seven and a half months ago. Right. Yeah. So, a family member of mine that I was really close to passed away. Yep. And then, a couple of months later, one of my mates I played cricket with committed suicide. Yep. Who Blake also knows and played cricket with as yeah. well. So that sort of took a bit of a toll on me. Yep. Um, knowing that I'm going through mental health and I was feeling yeah. okay at the time. And everything just got overwhelming. Yeah. So everything was overwhelming. I started to spiral back down. Yeah, yeah. Started drinking again. Yep. I started isolating myself. Yep. I started telling my parents that I'm going for a walk. I'm actually walking to the pub yeah. and sinking about 10 beers and then stumbling home. Yeah. Then about one o'clock, going to bed, waking up at six to go to go to work. Yeah. Not the smartest thing I should have been doing. <laughs> no, that's why they breathalyze people in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so like, I was getting to that point where 
And again, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. But I didn't know how to come across to say to my parents, I need help again. But going back to the medication stuff, so medication was the only thing you did? There wasn't counselling in, so involved with that? I did the medication that? and I did, I went to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. He sort of helped. Yeah. He wasn't, like I'd try to get my point across and he tried to come up with a different scenario. Yeah. So I'd be trying to talk to him about what's been going on and what's just happened and he'd be like, oh, okay then. And he wouldn't really give me tips or ideas or anything yeah, to try yeah. and help. So I stopped doing that, I think in 2015. Yeah. I just thought, well, I don't need it anymore. I'm feeling better within myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah, so yeah. So I just stopped making, a, I just stopped making appointments. Yeah. So yeah, and then obviously going back to last year, you know, everything sort of just got overwhelming again. Yeah. Started drinking a lot more. Um, Blake had noticed it. He just, I don't, I don't think he wanted to say anything. Yeah. Till I, till Christmas Eve, you know, thinking it's Christmas, everything's all good. Nah. So we're talking about Christmas Eve just, just gone. Just gone. Yeah, okay, cool. So I had had a thought in my head. Yeah. Okay, I want to wrap my car around a telegraph pole. Yep. That's it. Yeah. I pulled out. Yeah, looks like an accident. Yep. Yep. No right. one will no one will get no one will yep. know otherwise. I pulled out. Yep. Pulled up the side of the road, bored my eyes out and just went Why? Yeah. And why? And then drove home, walked inside and I've just snapped. Yeah. I let everything out. Mum and dad were like, okay, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, no, nope, I'm not going there. Yeah. I'm not doing it. It's the last thing I need. You need to go. No, nah. no, nah, not a chance. Yeah. Not taking me. It's not yeah. happening. Yeah. That conversation went on for about, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah. Of, you know, why am I feeling like this? Why am I hating myself? Why am I angry? Why all of a sudden has this changed? Um, you know, and it was more getting to the point again where I was waking up and feeling, you know, lost, empty, mm. not happy again. And it was more just spiraling down. Yeah. Till my parents actually said to me, we're taking you to hospital and that's it. Yeah. And that was, I wasn't happy about it, but I knew they were trying to do the right thing. Yeah. I told Blake that I was heading off to hospital. He asked me if everything's okay. I just went, no. I said, I'll speak to you later. Though. Yeah. So that obviously went on. Um, you know, they gave me medication to try and help me relax. Yeah. I didn't sleep that night. Head racing 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Whether thinking, am I going to wake up tomorrow? Yeah. Am I going to still be here? Yeah. You know, the constant... Trying to get to sleep, the fighting of trying to get to sleep. Yeah. And still to this day, I still fight to get to sleep. Yeah. I still have days where I might get, you know, three, four hours sleep because my mind's just constantly ticking, constantly racing. Yeah. But I can now look back now and go, okay, well, it's just been over a month. How do I now feel now yeah. compared to a month ago? Yeah. And funnily enough, mum actually asked me that question a couple of days ago. Yeah. She's like, how do you feel? Yeah, a month yeah. prior to now I said well a month prior I was like probably five feet underground didn't want to be here yeah so I'm like, how are you feeling now so I'm probably about a five and a half out of ten yeah and obviously we're switching up my medication which I've now been on for a couple of weeks now it's started to starting to kick starting in again now yeah it's starting to kick in and I'm starting to like find that sort of where I was and yeah, yeah. how I was a few years ago but I know it's going to take a long time yeah and you know, it's strange how people think that oh, he looks fine, there's nothing wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the funny thing. Like, you can look at somebody and go, oh, he's fine, there's nothing wrong with that kid. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, deep down, if you actually speak to him and yeah. get to know them, you can actually sort of pick up on things going, okay, he's got something wrong with him. Like, he's not... I've got like this... Mate, I've got this theory, everyone. Everyone. Yeah. The, statistically speaking, it's half the population, right? But I reckon it's everyone. We've all got something that has affected us in our childhood and now for some people it's you know, relatively minor and it's something that affects them that they can get on with their life they manage to get you know cope pretty well 
other people it's more traumatic and it but i've got the theory that nobody gets through it without having something that gets them but i don't think everyone recognizes it yeah you know, right. yeah, and and some people like using the example before. You know, Cheryl from accounts with a with a glass of wine. Yeah. Well, you know, guess what? Cheryl's probably got something, and she hasn't really understood that it's like the, the link the two together. Do you know? And now all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, well, no, Cheryl, yeah. <laughs> there's more to this. So so now for you, because you're pretty, mate, you're pretty well at the start of what we call a recovery process, recovery yeah. journey. Yeah. Um, to use the the mental health lingo, counselling. Where, where do you where are you at now with that? Like, are you... so that started today. Okay, cool. So I had. Wow, this, like... man, this is like fresh. Yeah, it's a long <laughs> yeah. session for you. So, yeah, that, <laughs> that started today. So I had to wait. Well, I was actually quite lucky because I was, was meant to wait a few months yeah, yeah. or a month or so. And something just popped up, and I just jumped on it. Yeah, of course, I had to. So, we is psychiatrist or psychologist this time? Psychiatrist. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna go see a Psych- psych- psychologist. Psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. So he, they, he wants me to do both. Yeah. So you now I spoke to him today, and you know, let him know what's been going on over the last. Yeah. You know, because obviously he had my history from previous. Yeah. So same place that I went to prior. Yep. And he obviously went through my history, and he's gone okay. Okay, so what's made you come back? Yeah. And I just told him everything. Yeah. And he's just going, okay then. Um, you know, ask me if I do things outside of work. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, go to the gym, I go for walks, try to keep myself busy. Yeah. I you know, play cricket every now and then. Yeah. And, you know, that's pretty much it. And he's like, is there anything else? I'm like, no, not really. No. That's, that's what keeps me going. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, do you listen to music? I went, well, yeah, I listen to music every single day of my life. Yeah. That's all I listen to. Yeah. And it's actually quite strange. Like, the, this band that I'm currently listening to, their lead singer has bipolar. Yeah. And some of the stuff, like, oh, and I've been listening to these guys for probably 10 years. Give it, who's the band? Uh, they're called the Amity Affliction. Yep, yep. So no of them. Don't, couldn't sing a song, but I know who the band is. <laughs> actually, listening like I've been listening to them for years. Never yeah, yeah. did I realize or think that their lead yeah. singer struggled and went. Through. And I started actually listening to more of the lyrics over the last probably yeah. probably year or so. Yeah, and it just opened up my eyes. I went, "Crap, this bloke is struggling." Yeah, and he's letting everything out. Yeah, yeah. by music. Yeah, I just went, "Wow." Yeah. Welcome to the 1990s, mate. As well, I mean that's what that's that's what yeah. grunge was. That's yeah. what you know Kurt Cobain's music was. That's what yeah. Pearl Jam's music was. It was, you know, a therapy session on a, yeah. on a CD, and like listening to those lyrics and then going back and listening to the earlier stuff, I can actually pinpoint certain things that's happened in my life. And I go, well, hang on, that was me. That was me. Yeah, and then I can pinpoint other stuff in their, in their newer stuff. Going, well, hang on, again, that was me. Yeah. And it's just, people find it strange how I can relate for you through music. Yeah. No, no. That, get it. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And people think, well, how can you relate somebody else's story for you? Hmm. Well, because I get it. Yeah. I get what they're going through. Mate. And I can pinpoint certain things in my life that I've had to go through. And I can go, okay, well, that was me. Yeah. Every, every breakup I've ever had, mate. One by you two. The song One by you two. Every breakup I've ever had. Because it's it's perfect. It's it's a breakup song. It is you know love is a temple. Love's a higher law. You asked me and you made then you made me crawl. Like yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. You said come in. I want you. No, no. Get down on the floor now. You've got to crawl. You know you know what the song's about. It's a song to his dad. It's got nothing to do with a romantic breakup. But for me, I, what like for me a piece of art like any piece of art song whatever is about the meaning you interpret in it. You know, it's how you connect to it and and you can get, you know, like my guilty pleasure, I hate to say this because you've just dropped Amity Affliction, my guilty pleasure is Taylor Swift. Sorry. (laughs) You've just lost respect for me. Um, But she... disrespect, haters gonna hate. (laughs) She, she, in, in, in a special that she did on Netflix, she talks about the fact that she wrote this song and she wrote it from a particular place and her fans took it to a whole nother place yep. that she didn't even realise it was going to go. Yep. That's what music does, and yeah, it exactly says the right. things you know. It says the things you can't say. Yeah, and like even like 
because like I've got one of their DVDs at home and I was actually watching it the other day yeah I kind of watched it in years so I'll throw this on yeah and the fact that like this guy like their lead singer is actually getting messages from fans all over the world going yeah. you've actually helped a friend of mine get through hard times you've yeah. actually helped me get through hard times yeah. and and you're one of those fans yeah yeah and I'm sitting there spinning out going holy crap yeah now I can understand why the stuff that he writes about, it's because the stuff that he go that he goes through every single day. Yeah. And he's writing about his experiences and his past experiences yeah. and his experiences now. Yeah. And it's just like insane. But it's really no different than what we're doing here. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just, we're just, none of us, are, I don't know if you might be, you might be musical, but I'm not. <laughs> no, no, on no level. I, I had this, I have a, a very small understanding of how the, that works i had i was at um at a shopping center recently and uh i'm just sitting there eating my lunch my wife had ducked off for a little bit and a fellow just walks over to me and goes mate do you run the how you go mate facebook page and i was like yeah i do and he goes just want to let you know i really like what you're doing keep doing it keep it up it's making a difference thanks for doing what you do i was just like like in shock he walked away, you know, and it turned out he actually was mates of a mate of mine. That's how he kind of found out about it. Um, I walked, my wife walked over afterwards, and she didn't see the guy do what he did, but she walked and she goes, what's wrong with you? And I went, you never believe what just happened. And I told her, she was like, no. I'm like, yeah. But for me, and I don't know if the singer of the Amity Affliction feels this, but for me it's like somebody listens, somebody's getting something out of this, somebody feels better because it exists this is worth doing, you know, it drives you on. Yeah. Makes you, makes you kind of understand, all right, this is really important. I've got to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, what else do you do in terms of, so let's, honest answer, have we, are we not drinking anymore or are we trying to cut that out? Every now and then I'll, I'll have a couple. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. So every now and then, look, I'll have a couple of beers or a couple yeah. of bourbons, whatever it is. But, you know, it's cut, it's cut down a lot since yeah, yeah. where I was at, you know. Because, you know, as I said, going back to that 18-year-old version of yourself, yeah. part of this is now understanding, okay, here's what happened when I was a teenager. Here's yeah. when I didn't process it. Here's what I tried to do to cope with it. So I had this, you know, experience. I had this really negative behavior. Here's what I tried to do. Yeah. I've now got to kind of break that cycle. I've got to, you know, stop. Yeah, either stop or just cut, or just cut all the way back. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink much anymore. Yeah, I did, I did stop for about three months. Yep. And I just went, I think I can have a couple and still be okay. I'm not yeah. get to that point where I'm going to get absolutely hammered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For no reason. Yeah. So you have a shit day. Okay, let's, you have a shit day and you, you can choose to frame this in the context of, you know, your, your relative passing away and, and can we say it was... Blake said it sent it to me was it a grandmother or yep. something can we say that that's yep. okay yep. I can cut that out if you want me to but um, um, and, and I and I get that because I have similar experience in yep. my life with a grandfather but that news comes through what's the response I need a beer or I've got to find something else to do the response was I need a beer be nah, honest <laughs> no it was, it was more it wasn't really shock it was more Okay, now what do I do? Yeah. Because she was living with us at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was so used to, you know, saying good morning to her. And yeah. Hello. And then she'd be the first person I'd see walking the front door after work. Yeah. So it was more like sort of still, like, I, like no word of a lie, a couple of weeks ago, I went to go walk in the bedroom and she was yeah, yeah. in. And I went, no, oh, she's not, not there. there. Yeah. doing where the work. Yeah. And I probably did that for probably a good two months. Yeah. Till I actually realized and went, she's not here. Yeah, but it, it did. It did take me a while to get through. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I'm still trying to process. You know why and how. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. But you know, it's like it was more more a shock than anything. Yeah, yeah. But you know, life goes on. It's an interesting thing. Um, like my grandmother died a few years back. She's 92, right? Yeah. People are like, I'm really sorry to hear about you, Nana. And I'm like, uh, she was 92. You know, we've been, we've been waiting for it for about five or six years now, to be honest with you. Every year it was like, is this the last year? With, is this the last Christmas we have? Um, but, you know, like you kind of, you get, you, 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 
that's the kind of thing where you kind of go, for me, I can process that. For I go, okay, you're 92. Yeah. Like, that's easy. You know, it's the 57-year-old that you go, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Or it's the 43-year-old, or it's the, you know, however old your mate was that you played yeah, cricket with. 30, 30, 31. Yeah, that's a whole another level. Yeah, and, you know, it was actually quite strange because I had another guy a couple of years ago you know, he was more the type of guy who was the, you know, larrikin of the group. Yeah. yeah. Always pulling stunts. Yeah. You know, always doing stupid, silly stuff, but always yeah. trying to make us laugh. Yeah. You know, we'd all ask him, how you going today, mate? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. Little did we know, he was going through some tough things. Yeah, yeah. And he actually just, one day, he just went enough's enough. Yeah. And say a lot of. Yeah. Do you... <sighs> Do you look back on it? Because I often look back on these things and kind of see signs that I didn't see at the time, but yep. now looking back go, oh, yeah, there it yep. was. Yep, I get that. There yep. was isolation. Yep. There was a poor decision-making. There was a, a risk-taking behaviour, you know, even like getting blind. Yep. As you say, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night is risk-taking behaviour. Yep, exactly. You know, because especially as young men, you know, not only are you getting blind, but you're also... Taking the risk of going out, getting into fights, yeah. having some bloke try and punch you the shit out of you, whatever that looks like. Um, <clears throat> the message that we try and send to people is, um, you know, how you go, mate? Oh, how you go, mate? Yeah, good, yeah, good, good, good. But the message that we try and send to people, and I think what I try and encourage is, look for those signs. Look for the things. That, like, you know, now you can sit there and look at someone and go, "You're not okay. I was doing that same shit." You know, that's yeah. that's what I do when I'm not well. What's going on with you? And really asking because it's a the other thing. It's a tough question. Yeah, like I, I did the assist suicide training through Lifeline a couple of years back, and the question: if you think that someone's going to commit suicide, the question you have to ask is: Are you thinking about committing suicide? And that's like a really super confronting question to ask. Yeah, like, it is. you know, because that that has to have an answer. Yeah, you know, no, I'm not. Okay. Or, yes, I am. And then, then there's a whole other can of worms that open up out of that one. Um, so for you now, like, are you kind of understanding that this process that you're going through now is, okay, I've got to do medication, got to do the counselling, and I've got to put a whole range of other things in, in place just yeah. to kind of make sure that I... And, and the other thing is, as well, as I said to you off air, mate, it's work. It's, yeah. it's Like, it's really... You actually have to work really hard yeah, now. Yeah, and you've, you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard at it. Like, no matter what people say to you, oh, it's easy, it's easy. It's yeah. actually not easy. No. You've got to be conscious you know, of it every day. Yeah, you've got to be conscious and mindful of it, what's going on and what you can try and prevent happening yeah. and what you can't prevent happening. Yeah. Like, a couple of weeks ago, I was having really crappy crappy thoughts. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah, yeah. Or because I was having a crap day at work. Yeah, yeah. Deep down, yeah. I was feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But because I was having a crap day at work, yeah, head started the race. Yeah, and I went, okay, I'm gonna get home from work. I want to chill out for half an hour. Yep. And then I'm going straight to the gym. Yeah. So I've now put in place. I've now put in things where I can go. Okay. If I've had a good day, I can still go to the gym. I can still train. I can still do what I got to do. Yeah. And I'll be happy. I'll be. Pretty you, good with what I've done. The endorphins release, yeah. some of those other stress chemicals get burnt off. Yeah, you're feeling good. I've, as soon as I walk out, I feel yeah. good. Yeah. It's the point where I've now had to realise when I get home, yeah. I still might be amped and still going, yeah. but I need to find something else to keep me yeah. occupied, just to still keep me keep my mind going a bit. Man, and it could even just be something as simple as just like positive self talk. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just just reprogramming your brain. Yeah. You know, literally it's a computer that you get to you know like they say computers don't work unless you program them and yeah. they do whatever you tell them to do you tell yourself oh no this is shit your shit this is shit you will go yeah, yeah i'm shit yeah you will go back down into that place yeah. where you're just trying to come back up out of again but if you sit there and you go this isn't that bad you've survived this before let's put this into perspective and i always say to people like perspective is gratitude's cousin right you, you can be grateful for things and gratitude's part of my thing yep. but i also look at perspective and i my favorite saying is could always be worse yeah um you know could always be worse and i try and find like i try and look at this and go okay this is shitty 
but this is what how it could be worse. Or look at it and go, is it really that bad? Like, am I really blowing it out of proportion and try and really talk my way through it? And usually, like, you know, you, you know yourself, yeah. usually the answer is, no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah. But no one can give you that perspective. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Blake can't tell you, go, mate, put it in perspective. You yeah. go, no, get stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me well, to put it in perspective. Funny, though, I, I do think one way to that we can look at like between us as well, Simon, yeah. is like if you think about where you were sort of Christmas Eve, yeah. we were talking about, yes, we were talking yesterday about obviously talking to you and, and, yeah. and things like that. And we were talking about wanting to get some opinions from some of the boys in our cricket team. And yeah. I said to Simon, are you okay if I do that? And he goes, mate, honestly, you can say anything. You can say my name. You can say that this is my thing. Yeah. I'm totally okay with it. I'm fully aware that I'm allowed to talk about it and I can be okay with talking about yeah, it. And yeah. I think... That in itself is just coming leaps and bounds, yeah. even in the last month. And I mean, you're here talking to Adam, <laughs> complete you've stranger, never met. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you've been incredibly open, and it's been great to listen to so far. And and you know, like this is the thing, mate. This is on legit. Like this is on Spotify yeah. and, and iTunes. Like this isn't like oh, it's just going to be a little website ducked away in a Facebook page somewhere. Yeah. Like uh, <laughs> I always tell a story. I still remember the first time I walked in. I said to my mum, "Hey, mum, my my podcast is on iTunes." She went, "Oh, that's nice, darling." And I went, no, 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 my, my, it's on iTunes. And she went, yeah, no, that's good. And I went, okay, this is, okay, well, let me translate this for you. Imagine I walked in and said, hey, and I was a footy player, and I said, hey, mum, I've just been picked to pay for the Wallabies. She went, oh. And I went, yeah, it's big news. She went, oh, well, that's fantastic then. <laughs> I won't buy you one of those for Christmas then. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it, it's, this is a, a message that you kind of have no choice now. Yeah. It's going to go worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad luck if you've got any regret. No, you, you can always pull out. <laughs> you, can, you can always say, no, no, I don't want to do it. To me, that's the secret though, and this is the thing. Like, this is the point of this podcast. It's yep. to sit there, like you said, you know, the singer from the Amity Affliction puts it on record yep. and lets people to listen to his, you know, to his inner demons. Yep. We sit there and we talk really openly and honestly about it. And as I said, I think I said to you off air, off air, somebody else sits and listens to this and goes, mate, that, that guy sounds like me. That was my experience. That's what I've lived in my life. That's what I do. This is, and, and I guarantee, I guarantee you, Someone in your cricket team is going to pull you to the side after you know a match, after a training session, after whatever, and go, mate, can I have a chat to you? And you go, yeah, cool. Let's just do it over Coke, not beers. <laughs> Coca Cola, not cocaine, because <laughs> that's bad too. Okay. <laughs> um, Glad you specified. <laughs> got to be, got to be clear about this. The, the 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 tricky part now come coming to sort of talking about you know, being a mate, one of the things that we chatted about when we were messaging about this beforehand is this idea that, well, what do I say? You know, am I going to say something to him that's going to set him off? I'm going to say something to make him feel worse. Um, I, I'm really, I actually really, I'm questioning without notice, but, and I don't know if, you, if, if you even be able to answer this. When, when, when you say, to, when you ring Blake up and go, this is how I'm feeling, and he responds, what do you? Th- how do you feel? Do you sometimes go? You've got no idea what I'm talking about, or you just go, "Geez, I'm glad he's sitting there listening to me." It's more. I'm glad that he can actually listen to me. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never ever once rang him going, "No, I feel like shit. Can you help me?" Yeah. It's always. He'll always say to me, "How are you going? Are you okay?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I feel like crap." Yeah. And he'll go, "Why?" Yeah. No, oh, head's racing 100 miles an hour. Haven't slept in a day. Yeah, yeah. And he'll be like, okay, why? And he'll try and come to a conclusion and he'll try and help. And, yeah. You know, and it, it's hard to do. It's hard to try and help somebody who's going through a lot and you're yeah. trying to give them answers and yeah. feedback and trying to be as positive as possible when, you know, you've, you know, Blake, Blake might have other things going on as well. Like he might be struggling. Yeah. You know, he might be under the pump at work. He might be, you know, trying to do this, this, and that. Yeah. You know, it's a fa- it's the fact that like I've got a couple of people who can actually or I can actually call and or just send a message to you going, I feel like crap. Can I vent to you for ten minutes? Yeah. And they might just sit there and just listen. And I'll go, okay, I'm done. Yeah. Thanks for that. I go, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. If you need me, just call me. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. Sweet, and I'll just hang up. Yeah. And then I'll go, okay, I feel pretty good now. I'm yeah. gonna go for a walk. Yeah. And now it's actually go for a walk, not go for a walk and actually go to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely different. Go for an alcohol-free walk. <laughs> completely different now. Like I, like, I look at it now going, 
I used to actually go to the pub. Like, I used to actually say, I'm going for a walk. Yeah. And I'd just go straight to the pub. Yeah. yeah. Now it's actually like walk the other direction. Yeah, yeah. Where the pub actually is. Yeah. So I just walk in the complete opposite way. Yeah. yeah. So I know, and I know that there's no pubs that I'm walking to, so it's fine. Yeah. And then I can just. No bottle shops, no, 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 B, no. That BWS or anything else. And no. I can just walk home and go, yeah. okay, I, I actually feel good. Yeah, yeah. Not actually saying I'm going for a walk and go down to the pub and have 10, 10 or 15 scooters and thinking, yeah. okay, I'm pretty pissed at the moment. Yeah. And stumble my way home and then get up at six o'clock, go to work. Yeah. And then thinking to myself, how did I just drive to work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that was that was what I was doing to escape. That was me trying to escape pain. That was me trying to escape negativity and trying to escape my demons. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now I'm trying to look at it as a different way to find things that I can do to keep myself going. Mate, I I subscribe to the um, the try model of recovery, and so it, it breaks down into um, connection, hope, identity meaning and empowerment you know connection is easy or not connection is easy but connection you kind of got covered which is you got mates you got a group of people that you can now talk to i'm going to assume that your parents kind of have got their heads around it a little bit and they're understanding where you're at and they're... yeah they've, they've always had their heads around it yeah it's just when i stop talking yeah and i start to bottle things up yeah and i start going missing yeah yeah, yeah. so i start going back up in my room again yeah yeah and coming back down for dinner, going back upstairs again, yeah. they can sort of pick up on it yeah. until I actually go, help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll go, what's wrong? Yeah. The, the, the H part of it is the, the hope. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's you, it hopes about possibility. You've got to have that sense of, you know, something good could happen. Um, identity for me it was a really simple one. I always say to people, I think one of the things that poor mental health does to you is it breaks you. Right, like Humpty Dumpty. Right, um, the beauty of it, though, and this is, it sounds really weird. The beauty of it is that you kind of, if you're aware enough, you can go. Right, I like that bit and that bit, so I'm going to keep them. I'm not a big fan of those. They can go, and that can definitely leave. Okay, cool. Got some gaps to fill here, so I'm going to take some good new stuff and bring it in, and actually create a bit of a new self. You know, I can actually do some other things and then the trick then is is to find some stuff that so for me like for example and we've run into each other while i was doing this i, I do i work as a retail spruker so i stand out the front of a shop with a microphone and tell people you know come on in 40 percent off store wide that's you know now that was something that somebody walked up to me and said and this was in the midst of my diagnosis all the stuff's going on and said mate you want to try this and i went oh yeah and i was good at it straight away and I liked it, and all of a sudden I've got this new thing that I never thought about doing, but now I'm good at and I can do it, and I take that little piece and go, I'm going to keep that. This is part of my new identity now. This is part of who I am. I get to recreate myself a little bit and rebuild myself. I'm going to do that. Um, then now the two are meaning and empowerment. Meaning is purpose. You've got to find a reason for your life. For me now, i just like, it's this. This is. Somebody actually summed it up for me last podcast where they went, uh, this is your baby now, isn't it? And I went, yeah, this is what I do now. Um, and then empowerment is just feeling like you can get up each day and cope with the day, you know. You're not that 15-year-old kid sitting in your room going, can't walk out, That it's just going to be shit, I can't leave, you know. that That's the model I work off. I could yeah. be, you know, there's only one, there's about 20 of them. And the other secret, <laughs> I always say, the other secret to recovery is, right, um, everyone will tell you what, something like, Nobody can tell you what recovery is because it's different for other people. Having said that, I've just sat there and tried to tell you what recovery is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, um, but for you, it's going to be like, okay, this is what my connection looks like. This is what my hope looks like. This is what re- my, my rebuilding my identity looks like. This is what, you know, finding meaning in my life looks like. This is what empowerment looks like. It's going to be different to me, to what to what Adam's is going to be different, to what Blake's is going to be different to... You know, it's it is what it is for yeah, me, and it has it to be for me. Is, yeah. yeah. What's the next step? So the next step is obviously, you know, keep doing these sessions yep. with psychiatrists and whatnot. Um, still keep taking the medication because yeah. it's obviously starting to help now, which is actually good. Yeah. Um, I've heard it at various descriptions. It's like turning off white noise or yeah. lifting a fog. I always talk about it in terms of turning off the spa bath. Yeah. The mind's like a spa bath that just swirls and the medication just flicks it off. Yeah, mine's, like I look at mine as cloudiness. Yeah. So like I notice when I don't take 
some for a couple of days, I noticed my head would have started to race. And yeah. it's like, it's like, I can't see anything. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll take one, and then about an hour later, everything will just go, and we'll look, oh, look, I can see again. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think properly. Yep. And, yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, the next step is obviously to keep doing these things to try and get myself better. Mm. Because, you know, I've been there before, and then the fact that I've had to put my hand up again. Yeah. And I know, I can, I know DVN, I can do it again. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Mate, I talked about it in terms of physical injury, and I, I say this to people all the time. I think the, the trick is, you know, you bust your knee, right? Now, the truth of it is, your knee's never going to be the same, right? Cricket is a good example. Rugby is the same thing. You're never going to be able to run through the wickets quite the same. You're not going to be able to turn quite the same. So what you do is you find a way to manage that. Like, I, I can't... Can't go for the ball like I used to, but I'll go for it this way instead. And you make little adjustments in your life, in your game, to just manage that that problem that you have with your knee. To me, it's the same with your mental health. You go, right, yeah, okay. Like I said, I think off air. You know, this situation is what led to my mental health getting really poor before. It's going to happen again. Someone's going to die, or something. You know, shit's going to happen in your yeah. life. Okay, cool. Here's the little adjustments I make to manage this injury. Here's the little things that I do to make sure that I'm managing it properly. And I like the more I think about it, the more I talk to people about it, the more I think really that's that's the analogy. It's like, you know, okay, I can't do this with my knee anymore, but I can still do this and I'm going to manage it this way. Yeah. I know if I'm in this situation with my, my mental health, it's going to go downhill. Here's how I'm going to manage that. I'm not going to put myself in that situation. I'm going to use this tool, this strategy. And you you develop this little bag, of, you know, you're a tradie, little bag of tools that you just yeah. pull out whatever tool you need and that's the one you use to manage your mental health with. Um, for you, big man. Yes, sir. What about, <laughs> this, this bloke here, like, what's your role going forward? Um, I mean, we, we always look at each other like we're brothers. I think yeah. Simon's an only child. So and your and your brother's a bit like you know, let's be honest. I mean, Simon's Simon's <laughs> let's be honest. Josh, but Simon's. Uh, we love you, Josh. We do. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can so, call I mean, you Josh I, now I, as well. I, I mean, Simon. I would always have thought that he would have always turned to, turned to me like a brother, and I look at him like a little brother. Yeah. Um, and that's always been a good way that our our friendships always worked. Yeah. Um, so I think always being that person that he can always turn to and talk to about things that he might not always want to talk to his parents. He might want to talk to missus or anything like that, um, that he's always got that one person that he can just talk, vent, whatever it is that he needs to do, that he's always just got that ear that he can... He can vent and do whatever he needs to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's probably the best way to, to handle my role moving forward. And right. if, if he ever wants that role to change and needs something else, then obviously be agile and change with him as well. What do you think of when you think of the term mental health? Um, look, for me, it's identity. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a, in a personal sense, it's the way that I interact with people and the way that people then interact with me and... Um, uh, it's a whole range of things, but for me, it becomes situational because in that moment, that's what I'm thinking. And I mean, I, I, I'm big on emotional intelligence and being able yeah. to, to handle a conversation that way. Yep. Um, so I know that if I'm down, it's going to have a knock on effect with the person that I'm interacting with at that time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interaction for me. Fair enough. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to ask the same question to both of you now um, and answer it how you will. What's your, what's your tip? What's your go-to? What's your number one thing you just go, if I'm going to manage my mental health, the one thing I do that I absolutely know is going to help me is? Just be active. Yeah? Try and, just try and keep yourself busy. Get out there and walk just around get and out do there, something. Go, go for a walk, go to the gym, yep. you know, go see your mates, yep. you know, go hang out. You know, just try and escape that dark place. Yep. Just try and... Just try and move forward. Yeah. And I, I, I know it's easier said than done. Yeah. But sometimes <laughs> you just need to go, okay, I need to do something now. You know, the, f- the funny thing about it is, though, it's like you, you read something like that or you hear someone say, like, like, go and be active. You go, yeah, sure, whatever. And then you do it and you go, actually, that works. Yeah, it actually works. Like, it's not the absolute solution to yeah. the whole thing, but it actually helps. Yeah, and yeah. Like, it, might not be, it might be a quick fix. It might yeah. not be a long-term fix. Yeah. But... It's keeping your mind occupied and yeah. 
you're not constantly thinking or yeah. overthinking and your head's not sort of racing. Yeah. And as you said, releasing those chemicals. Yeah. Blake, what's the what you what you go what you go to? Surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Um I mean I I always big on the there's a quote from I think it's Jim Ron, uh, you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. Yeah, I love that one. So I, I'm very big on that because it's I mean that's they're the people who control the conversations that you may potentially have. The, you, you, you basically adapt to their personalities, their issues, their conversations. So, yeah. I mean, you, you hear of, I mean, teenagers who are having issues and you look at the bigger picture, who are they hanging around with? It might be the rat bags of the group or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, even in a, whether it be in a work sense relationship. I mean, if you're in yeah. a, a toxic relationship, you're not hanging around with the right person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, surrounding yourself with good people. I mean, I, I, I like to think that my inner circle of people, which I mean, includes Simon, my wife, my close friends, my family, my parents. Yeah. They're all good people. And I think I'm in good company. Oh, you're, you're look, let's, you're old man shady. Let's be honest. Yeah, he goes all right sometimes. <laughs> Shout out to Wayno. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he, we're like, talking he, about getting drunk a, with people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bad influence for that. For but, thousand uh, years with both I mean, your old man and your stepmother, actually. Woo! <laughs> 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 Bloody Americans can drink. Um, yeah, it's it's a really. I, I actually love that quote as well. Um, and the other, the extension of that for me is also the one with the one that sort of goes along. And I don't know where the quote comes from, but your diet isn't just what you eat. It's what you listen to. It's what you watch. It's who you talk to. Absolutely. Um, it's you know, and that's true for me as well. Um, like I sometimes sit and think, yeah, man, if I only just keep listening to glam metal when I was a teenager, I might have been okay because I was listening to a lot of heavy stuff, and it was like, if I had to listen to Poison, sing nothing but a good time, maybe I would have got through a little bit easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, you know, but you know, like I, I, I find that myself if I'm listening to, like if I'm in a really down mood, like we're talking about listening to music. Yeah. Sometimes listening to Slipknot is really helpful, yeah. and sometimes it's like, ooh, no, not maybe a, not. not a good idea. <laughs> Actually, you know the song I can't listen to if I'm feeling really shitty is um, Love the Way You Lie by Eminem and Rihanna. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just, like, he's yeah. so angry in that, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I can't have that in my head at the yeah, moment. I relax. need to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's bad. And then, then Taylor comes out. <laughs> Shake it off, <laughs> oh, but, you know. Oh, it's a love story, baby. Just say yes. <laughs> oh, I've just ruined everything for myself. Now. You know, it ruined Taylor Swift for me. Watching The Rock on Lip Sync Battle. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Can't listen to another song of hers without thinking of uh, just Dwayne the Rock, the Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah, he almost made it like okay, didn't oh, he? I thought well, it was a better version, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Tay Tay oh, goes good. Oh, <laughs> I um, I'll tell you Tay Tay story off the off air, um, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, what I would love to do, if we can, let's get together in six months. Six months time, let's sit down and talk again. Yep. I'd love to see where you're at. I'd love to see where where you are down the line. Um, we, we can possibly even talk a bit more about you next time, Blake. Yep, no problem. Um, or we can just, you know, do a separate recording. With that. So it's up to you. Um, Either way. But um, the thing I, I look at, the, the thing I love about this um, is that Simon, you're really open about it, and I think it's really important to do that. It exposes a level of vulnerability, but obviously, you have a relationship here where you feel safe enough to expose that vulnerability, and yep. that's the point of this. It's like awesome. The thing I love about this is you're sitting there going, not only you're asking that question like, and we talked about this off air, not only am I prepared to sit and listen to my mate, that's good, but also, mate, am I saying the right stuff? What And it, and the question, we talked about this, that it's all well and good to walk up and go, hey, go, mate, we need to know what to say next. And the stuff that you talked about, you know, well, where's your head at? Who are you talking to? What are you doing? What it, can I do for you? What can I do to support you? Which is, you know, like a, we said off air, when Nath went into his boss and said, I need to take four weeks off, the boss went, yep, cool. What? How can You've only got two weeks of paid leave, but I can give you two weeks of unpaid leave. Let's make this happen for you. Um, I think that's re- – and that's, that's the message. It is talk to your mates when you're feeling shit and when you're the mate that's getting talked to. You know, the other question, the other quote I saw a while back is, all right, what do you need me to do now? Do you need advice or do you just need me to sit and listen? Because I can give you advice or I can just sit and listen, you tell me. And um, it's really important that you can sit there and go, 
I can just sit and listen to this. I can take it on board. I think as well when it comes to that conversation that uh, it, it's quite easy to think that in that moment you really have to try and fix everything, which yeah. you don't. Like You're not the no, professional. You just need you to don't. be there for that person and ask the questions and obviously encourage them when that point comes to go and speak yeah. to someone. But yeah. It's you, you're not that you're not your role is not to fix the issue. It's, it's like I always say: if he walked in here with a broken leg, you wouldn't operate on him, and you wouldn't let him operate on you. Depends <laughs> on how many I'd have. <laughs> Especially then, you know what you do is you go right here, mate. I'm just gonna make you comfortable, and I'm gonna call an ambulance because yeah, exactly. you need more help than I can do. You know, that's exactly right. Same deal. It's exactly the same premise. Yeah. You know, I'm, I can't counsel. I can't fix you, but I can make it okay until I can get someone who can yep absolutely yep. gentlemen thank you very much that's that's all she wrote that's all it is See, I, pleasure. I told you it was. it's nice and easy you don't think it is but it isn't thank you boys I appreciate your time thank you thank Adam you.